Welcome to the Broader Football Podcast. In this episode, I talk to a Tottenham fan to gain a fresh perspective on Pochettino, Mourinho and Tottenham's chances of winning the League Cup. So to start off with, we're going to bring it back to the Pochettino era. What were your sort of main highlights when Pochettino was Tottenham manager? I think the first one, well, it springs to most people's minds when you think of Pochettino's time at Spurs and that's Champions League final. I mean, the final itself was probably less memorable than the semi-final second leg against Ajax. It's a pretty ridiculous experience. And I think even the Man City game before it was just, like everything just seemed to be going our way throughout that Champions League run. We had the Aguero goal in the whatever minute it was, 93rd, something like that, that was chalked off for offside. It just seems everything was aligning until Ajax went 2-0 up in that second leg and just thought, well, here we go, that's the end of it. And yeah, just a ridiculous second half football and one I'm not going to forget for a long time. Did Pochettino then genuinely like make you believe that you could win a big trophy? Yeah, 100%. But as a like as history, I hate to use the term because as a football fan, it's, it's all we talk about is history sometimes. But as a in recent eras when we've gone from Redknapp, um, people like Ramos. Uh, uh, VS Boas, like we haven't didn't win anything since 2008, I think it was, yeah, 2008. And so when we've missed out on a few semi finals and finals here and there, and like the FA Cup and the League Cup and things like that, so there's always, I believe, just because everything had gone our way, not because we played really well, but just because everything had gone our way. But then there's always that nagging doubt. They think, well, have we actually been in this position before? No. Have Liverpool been in that position before? Yes very recently you think well maybe but maybe not and yeah so there's all that doubt in the back of your mind yeah I suppose the data the history you were talking about was sort of pointing against you but then there does always have to be a first time like you win a Champions League as Chelsea did back in 2012 which was arguably as crazy as your run if not more so Pochettino put you in that position didn't didn't he really sustaining top four finishes, really moving above Arsenal for long periods of time, which I think was key in, if yeah. not Premier League sense, and North London sense. But do you think when he was pushing you for that Premier League and sort of Champions League trophies, do you think not winning a League Cup or an FA Cup has sort of gone against him in the long run? Yeah, I would think so, because there's always... If it's always highly unlikely that a team will go from sort of being able to qualify for Europe consistently and then just going just out of nowhere to go and win it. It's always someone like Bayern Munich or Chelsea. is always a team that have been there, done it, and sort of know how to cope with finals and that occasion. I just think maybe winning a League Cup or an FA Cup like a year before, two years before, whatever, um, would have probably helped. Um, sort of maybe culture wise I would say just being there done that being the final just need to get the result before and it just didn't happen and I think may, yeah, maybe an FA Cup final or a League Cup final would have done that Well I suppose in a way it does improve your reputation and it gets that little bit of pressure off your back because you go from someone who's like a nearly man to someone who's like defined themselves as a winner well, it's obviously the first time being in that position in a long time, not European final, we're talking decades. Um, 
So as soon we always knew we were underdogs going into that final, but as soon as the hopes there, and then as soon as whatever happened within the first twenty seconds, like the penalty <laughs> did. As a football fan, you always have that one side is like this can't happen logically, and there's always that other half that thinks, well, who knows? And within twenty seconds, that who knows part sort of went. So then, obviously, the Champions League final it didn't quite go to plan. Liverpool won it. Do you think then it was around November time, wasn't it, when Pochettino eventually yeah. got the boot? Do you think, looking back, it was sort of the right time to let him go? I think the timing was right, um, but I think it could have been avoided. I think what we're seeing this season, Mourinho, is that if he goes and wins the League Cup and gets us top four, which I think is achievable, it will be that moment where Daniel Levy goes, right, here's, here's the players that you want, here's the players that we think need to go, and it'll be the busiest transfer window we've had in a long time. And I think maybe that Champions League final showed that the investment was needed, but because we didn't win it, the investment wasn't maybe there to have. And then obviously... It sort of seemed like the end of the road for a lot of the players in that squad, which they're still with us today, actually. But I think it was that defining moment. If it had gone, if it had been, if we won Champions League, Pochettino would still be here now and we'd have a very, very decent squad investment-wise. But I think the, the other side of it was that Daniel Levy saw it as a crossroads and the squad and Pochettino's relationship just sort of fizzled out, I think. Yeah, it seems like another one of those examples uh, of squad management, almost from like the top down. And it seems like so hard to get it right, like yeah. because you can see the owner's point of view. Like Levy doesn't want to put, he doesn't, he's not a man who wants to overspend, does he? That's, no, that's the thing. Pochettino had done five years as well, which if you look at, you know, like top top Premier League managers. That's even a fair chunk of time for them. I mean, Klopp's what? He's on his sixth year now? Yeah, I think so. so I mean, and usually they talk about the top managers in sort of um, a three-year cycle. Rarely any managers outside of those top three, Pep Guardiola, Klopp, and I mean, Pochettino made five years. So I think you're right. Like, they did need to make a decision. And that Champions League final, I think, probably covered over some of the cracks of oh, yeah. a squad that was fizzling out. I don't think what people don't realise is that if you go back and watch the games that led up to our Champions League final run, we didn't, like, there was, I'm trying to think, before the City game, I'm trying to think who we played, but the City game, the Ajax game, apart from the occasional moment of magic against City in that second leg with uh, Son scoring, and I think it was like two within like 20 minutes, something stupid like that, wasn't it? And um, in the second half of the Ajax game, where Dele Alli and Lucas sort of turned it on, I don't think we actually played that well for any of those games. So unless it was going to go for us in that Champions League final, as you said, I think the cracks were papered over a little bit with the excitement. Pochettino was let go, as we said, in November. How did you feel about hiring Mourinho? It was a strange one because obviously he'd been at work for a bit of time and then and then he obviously has that massive reputation, but I think it was a move that was surprising that Daniel Levy had made because if you look at the managers we signed previous to him when things hadn't gone well and he sacked the managers, sort of people that have been there a little bit but never to the level of Mourinho. Um, I think the intention was there 
like showed what Daniel Levy wanted to do managerial wise but obviously on pitch didn't quite get the investment I don't think um but yeah I think when he when he signed Mourinho I think it was a it showed massive faith in the squad and the club to get to sort of Premier League title winning level which obviously I haven't got to yet obviously when you look at like Poch going and then he's only recently been hired by PSG like what do you make of that? Because now we're going to see what he can do with investment, basically. Yeah, I think I think we always knew tactically it was ridiculously good. That season when we went unbeaten at White Hart Lane and last year was just un- unbelievable, that squad. And so I don't, I don't think it's a surprise he's gone to PSG because he'll get all the money in the world anyway. When you're managing Mbappe and Neymar, I think it <laughs> brings the best out of anyone, really. But yeah, you, you, I think it's a great move for him. I'm not surprised at all. How far do you think he can go with them Champions League final? Well, when they hired Pochettino and they started getting a few more results in the Champions League, like the one against Barcelona, I said that I think PSG would be one of the people out there to win it. But I think you've got Bayern and City are just ridiculous. No, City haven't been there and done it, but it seems to be City's year for putting all those things to bed, all them past failures to bed. So... I can't see past Bayern or City win it, but I think PSG will probably make the final. Talking of Manchester City, two months into the Premier League, Tottenham beat City 2-0. And yeah. that result put Tottenham top of the league. Had that sort of erased any doubts of Mourinho's tactics and stuff? At the time, yes, because you're playing, those results just happened to go well. I think our, we were surprised that Son and Kane were firing like they were and it was ridiculously efficient football because we were defending for 85 minutes and then we'd have five or six breaks and we'd score three or four of them. Obviously, our City game, we scored two of them. And it was just, it was great football when it was going well and then after Christmas, it sort of started going completely the opposite way and it sort of exposes the fact that you're defending for 85 minutes. And when you've not got world-class defenders, it shows that their focus goes, I think. I've not been in a position myself, but uh, I would have thought that defending for 80 minutes of a game and constantly looking to defend well is pretty exhausting. Um, I think without when Son and Kane went banging goals, like December to February time, I think it showed our defensive frailties more. Yeah, I think there's also a concentration element to it. And maybe even the way that you know the Premier League's been this season like yeah. especially at the start everyone was conceding goals I mean Manchester City weren't firing themselves Liverpool conceded seven against Aston Villa yeah. teams weren't teams weren't generally keeping clean sheets Mourinho and Tottenham were probably the only combination that were actually achieving it that early on I think when you play so defensively there are always doubts to question yeah. if it's sustainable. Yeah, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's sustainable. But the only, I, I sort of feel. I don't feel sorry for you at all. But I sort of see where he's coming from because, well, it's not sustainable in the long term. But in the short term, what he was thinking was, I, I was watching something the other day about the England squad and why England play three or five at the back, and it's sort of looking at the game whether you're scared of the people you're playing or the people you're playing are scared of you. And I think Mourinho has an attack which should scare the life out of any team he play. But defensively, he just he wasn't happy at all. 
So we're sort of trying to play two styles of football where you're trying to be really defensive. We're trying to get your world-class strikers to bang in goal, two or three goals in a match. It just doesn't work in the long term. Um, so we could see a different tactic change if he gets a new centre-back or some new defence in the summer. But unless he gets that or he gets sacked, I can't see much happening really, unfortunately. Yeah, that's the issue, isn't it? I think when Kane and Son had that lethal partnership at the start of the season, like it was amazing to watch and really efficient. But, I mean, these guys are pushing, what, nearly 28, the pair of them? Yeah, um, I think so. It doesn't allow many goal-scoring chances when your front two players are picking up the ball on the halfway line every single time. Yeah, I think the annoying thing for me is look. I look at our best sort of starting eleven. There's only maybe two tops, maybe three changes that if we brought in two or three signings, you'd look at score completely differently. Um, because I've said recently when I've been talking to people about this that if you take our midfield two of Hoybier and Domblain and that front four, whoever it is, Kane, Son, uh, Deli Ali and someone whoever plays out on the right, a bail on his form, it's probably a top four sort of midfielder st- uh, strikers. But if you look at that back five, like four defenders and goalkeeper, it's not, it's probably mid-table, maybe Europa League standard. You can't have that mismatch when you're trying to aim for top four in Champions League and Premier League titles. Yeah, do you think that, do you think Dele Alli's, I mean, do you think he's going to recover any sort of form? Or do you think Mourinho will have, you know, do you think another manager will have to be here for that to happen? I think, I I don't know, because he's shown under Mourinho that he's happy to play in that system. And when Mourinho first came in, it was a completely new Deli Alli, because Deli Alli, people forget, but Deli Alli started tailing off form-wise at the end of the Portugino era. so I don't think you can blame Delia's form on Mourinho. I think Mourinho does what he does when he doesn't think people try hard enough. He sort of throws him out or sort of just didn't play him. Sort of, he did it with Ndombele, sort of didn't give him game time, told him to train harder. He's seen a documentary, he wasn't a fan of how Delia trained to start with. Um, so I think it's that, but I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves to someone we could get a decent sum of money for him. And I think he could go. So like people talking about PSG for Delia, I think under Pochino in, <laughs> in that PSG team, he would be ridiculous. Um, so I think he just needs to find his, uh, maybe just a change of scenery, I, I don't know, but I'd love to see him get his form back for Spurs, really. Yeah, I mean, talking of PSG and Pochettino, Tottenham could lose several players to to PSG if if, po- if Pochettino sees fit yeah. for a place in his team. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, there's been a lot of rumours recently of Lloris leaving. Um, I mean, he's got, one year left with contract and Daniel Levy sort of likes to put people on long contracts just so if they do leave even within a year they get a bit of money from um he's that he's that sort of businessman but I think we saw of Vertonghen and Michelle Vaughan when they left they were such big parts of the team they've been together for five or six years since like probably the Boas sort of days um into Portugal days that I wouldn't be surprised if Luis sees out next season and he just just leaves on a free because he's a legend of the club. But I think he'll go, yeah, I think he'll let his contract run out. But a new keeper wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But he can't, can't freeze out Hugo Lloris, that's for sure. 
what direction do you see because the squad does need sort of I think to be looked at sort of almost every season doesn't it because yeah. it obviously takes a while to rebuild so what sort of players do you see leaving and what style of player would you like to see coming in I think defensively we could do with a, a sort of a left-sided centre-back we don't have one and we've got an abundance of right-footed centre-backs they're like Alderweireld, Sanchez, Joe Roden who I've been actually really impressed with this season when he's played um so you know left-sided centre-back but I think everyone's looking for a left-sided centre-back I think you know Solskjaer talked about it a bit Pep's talked about it when he signed Laporte so I think the price would be ridiculous on a decent left-sided centre-back. And generally, he's not often one for uh, letting people have what they want negotiation-wise. And then I think maybe just another attacking midfielder. been a massive rumour today about uh, Sabitzer from Leipzig. I think he's not young, like, in terms of football anymore. I think he's up towards, like, saying about Kane and Son, like 26, 27, 28, that sort of area. But he's proven Champions League quality. I think if you stuck him in behind someone like Kane and Son, I think he'd have a. I think I'll sort out a lot of problems, really. But yeah, defensively, he's got to be a first port call, I think, maybe even a right back. But as we've seen, Levy doesn't let people in without letting people out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, I've been looking at the likes of Eric Dyer. Like, yeah. Obviously, he's still, he's still been called up for England, which I find hard to believe. But yeah. Suppose that is that sort of 2018 World Cup. Yeah, I think Southgate likes him like Mourinho likes him. He's sort of a player that, even though he's not getting games on from Mourinho, Mourinho has obviously said before he likes Eric Dyer um, because he can sort of play CDM centre back, decent on the ball. But yeah, I don't know why he's being called up for England at the moment because he's not playing. But I wouldn't be surprised if he left. I think he would. I think there's a lot of players at Spurs that would. I think we saw Carl Walker Peters. He's gone to Southampton this season, been quality for them, picking up assists left, right, and centre. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. We've got a lot of players that that sort of maybe shouldn't or shouldn't be in Spurs team, but like sort of sit on the bench at Spurs. But if you move them on to another Premier League team like Southampton, like Everton, they'd do really well week in, week out. Um, and that would allow us to move some players and maybe Champions League quality in. I want to talk a bit about Bale. What did you make of his loan signing? I absolutely loved it. And <laughs> in that week, I think it was only like a matter of days when it sort of became a rumour to sort of, like, probably this could happen. His agent came out and said it was going to happen. Um, and it was maybe as Spurs, I've never been so excited for a signing, which is uh, for it, when you're getting a 32-year-old on loan. Who hasn't played in ages is uh is ridiculous but he was he's probably in since I've been well in my era of Spurs and being able to remember Spurs games he was probably the first world-class player we had in terms of like what he went to Real Madrid and did what he did so that shows that so I think the nostalgia factor was massive I think the corporate side of massive you just saw people going out and buying bail shirts at eight quid a pop I think, if anything, it was a great PR move. And he actually started showing some really decent form um, sort of a few weeks ago. And if he starts playing again, when we get going, I think I think he can do, well, I think it helps Spurs win the League Cup and push the top four. But yeah, I loved it at the time. Yeah, I always think Tottenham sort of re-signing Bale was a bit like 
Man United fans wanting Ronaldo to come back. Yeah. Like it it is sort of that like emotional response to it. Yeah, hundred percent. But I think if you look at it like Daniel Levy's way, sort of the fans are happy like for a bit. And I think if you look and like from that point of view, and if you look at it financially, yeah, his wages are ridiculous even when we're only paying a sort percentage of them. But he'll make that I would have thought he's probably made that money back in sort of media attention, in in sort of marketing exposure, in cigarette sales, in merchandise sales, anything with Bale's face on it will sell. Um, so I think he's, I think from the, both points of view, he's fine. Now he's actually starting to show on the pitch that he is retaining some ability, which is great. Yeah, I think even though he is 32, I just, I do think if, po- if Pochettino had Gareth Bale, we would see it even at, 32 years old we see a completely different player yeah yeah I do think so but I think it was the right time for him to move on at Spurs because it's sort of like when Modric left it was sort of like the Spurs squad at that time was sort of maybe getting Champions League football maybe always getting Europa League football but it was never like we are having past few seasons like consistent European football so I think at the time it was like, well, we can sort of get the money for him now, and for his career it's a much better thing. So I don't, yeah, I think it was the right time for him to leave. But I think if Pot Chad Bale could be a different story, like trophy cabinet wise, past couple of years, right? So Mourinho this season, probably like the last throw of the dice, isn't it? Is the League Cup final against yeah. a, a very strong Manchester City side? What do you rate your chances? If you ask me if it was throughout the season, I would say probably not high chance of doing it, but it's the League Cup final, it's one-off game, and it can happen. I mean, we've seen Wigan beat Manchester City in a League Cup final in the last, I don't know, 10 years of kind of when it was, uh, not far longer. But I think, yeah, just one-off game, anything can happen. I think despite what we think of Mourinho in the league at the moment being knocked out of Europe, I think a one one game against City, a team he's beaten twice during his managerial um, spell at Spurs so far. I think I think it could go anyway, and I wouldn't like to write us off. So it, it's almost like this, uh, this season sort of is hanging on one game, isn't it? So if yeah. if Tottenham do win, what do you see happening with Mourinho? Do you think there'll be more money for for him to spend in the summer? I think at the start of the season, like, no way in form to make like say, but I think at the start of the season, Daniel Levy's a Spurs fan basically, and he's been here for years. And he first and foremost, he wants trophies, but as an owner and as a fan. So I think at the start of the season, what the most likely thing would have been said to Mourinho was win a trophy and get top four, and I'll be happy to give you what you want investment wise, and we can rebuild and go from there. So I think. I think after we lost to Dino Zagreb in the um, in the Europa League second leg, which was maybe one of the worst European nights I've seen as Spurs fan, there's been a few. Um, I think I think everyone I was definitely Mourinho out then, but you sort of you see the interviews the next day, and Mourinho was saying and Reece saying that players aren't putting in the effort. So I think the Europa League would have been the one shot stop shop for Mourinho to get both of the objectives, trophy and top four, but. If he wins the Carwell Cup and gets Europa League, I can see him being sacked. But if he gets Carwell Cup and top four, I can see him staying. 
if he fails to win the League Cup and he is sacked, have you got any ideas yet who you'd like to replace him? The sort of the Spurs fan in me, like my favourite player of all time, just is Ledley King. Um, and I know he's our assistant. I, the, sort of the, the lifelong Spurs fan in me says, bring in Ledley King as a manager. So I'd, I'd love to see it. But um, I think we've seen with uh, Lampard, that doesn't always work straight away. Um, but there's been lots of rumours about um, Nagelsmann from RB Leipzig. He said, I think he's publicly said that he would like to manage in the Premier League. I think it's been reported by quite a few reliable sources that Spurs are interested in him as a like a, like a strong young manager. So wouldn't be surprised if an approach is made for him if Mourinho does leave. So with a League Cup final on the horizon, it's not all doom and gloom for Tottenham. At the end of the day, it's a one-off game that Tottenham fans will always believe they have a chance of winning. And who would have thought it? Ledley King as a future manager of Tottenham. I'll see you here next time for another episode of the Broader Football Podcast.